Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show, built by Par Lumber. When it comes to big or small projects around the home, Tony and Corey have got the know-how and the answers to make your life just a bit easier. Here they are, your Weekend Warriors, Tony and Corey. Hey, welcome to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show, built by Par Lumber. I'm Corey Valdez. And I'm Tony Cookston. Thanks for tuning with us to uh, another fantastic episode of our Weekend Warriors show. Today, Tony and I are going to be talking about curb appeal. And why? Because it's important that your home is appealing from the people looking at it from the curb. From the curb. Those people that walk down the street, that let their dogs poop in your yard is that what you're talking about (laughs) well curb appeal is important for so many reasons here's something Corey. if you don't care about the way your house looks right and you're not selling it right it's important that your home looks great from the curb especially if it is on the market because people a lot of times will drive by the house take a look at it see something that they don't like and not even bother to walk through or or come and find out more about the house. That makes well, that's it, me. That can make it more difficult to sell. I know because I went house shopping with you. I in know. The past. I I when it comes to houses, I do judge a book by its cover. <laughs> because I mean, honestly, if if you were to look at a house from the exterior and it's severely dilapidated, would you want to pay top dollar for that house? I certainly wouldn't want to pay top dollar for it. No, absolutely. That's my point. You know, I I keep up the the front of my house because. A, I really like to have an appealing home to myself. When I pull in the driveway or when I pull out front, I like to look up and be impressed. I like my house. But if your if your house is if not for sale and you don't really care so much about whether or not it's kept up uh, or what it looks like from the curb, then what would be your motivation to improve the curb appeal of your home? Well, it's not necessarily just about your resaleability because you know the probably the biggest thing of keeping your house well maintained and you know looking nice from the curb curb appeal is the resaleability but it's not necessarily just about your resaleability it's about your neighbors if you're neighborly and you love your neighbor you should keep your house looking tidy so that your neighbor's house can get top dollar because I'm the same way. If I pull into a neighborhood and there's, you know, weeds growing out of the gutters and trees just severely overgrown and, you know, junk cars in the driveway, I'm I'm not going to buy. Do you think there is it's any me. do you think there's any truth to the possibility that people people the homes in a in a particular neighborhood are um kind of follow the all of the other homes. I mean, do you think that there is a likelihood that if your house and your neighbor's house are downtrodden and not looking really good, that other homes or owners of other homes in the neighborhood are less motivated to make their homes look good? There is no doubt about it. There is no doubt about it. Whenever I'm that guy, when I move into a neighborhood and the house or the front yard is not well kept, I go crazy and I make it the I don't know I want the greenest lawn in the street. I want to mow every week and just make it look really really nice. I'm super homeowner guy. I really like having a nice looking 
uh, house from the street. And the last three houses I've lived in, I did that. I went in, made all kinds of really nice improvements on my house, and then the neighbors started. And then the neighbors across from them started. And the neighbors across from them started. And next thing you know, the whole street is looking way better because one person really took initiative. Raised the bar, if you will. Yeah, it's like keeping up with the Valdezes. The Valdezes. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm a firm believer that um, there is camaraderie and there is competition and all of these things that take place in a neighborhood. And it is very easy to become complacent, especially if the expectation around your home is low. If the expectation is low, it's easy, in my opinion, to become complacent because you're not being judged, right? Your next door neighbor doesn't want to walk out and have you standing in your perfectly manicured front lawn with your gorgeous, uh, you know, front porch, all looking beautiful, and his is not looking good. And he says, hey, Corey. And you're like, hey, John, mowing the lawn today? You know what I'm saying? He doesn't, your, your neighbors don't want to feel like they're being judged. So I feel like that you've raised the bar and then the neighborhood will oftentimes follow suit and do the same thing. So it's not just about curb appeal on your home is not just about having it be in tip top shape and look great from the curb just when it's for sale. Here's another little tip. If you don't cut the lawn in a timely fashion, pull the weeds in a timely fashion, repaint that area that uh, where the paint has started to flake away or it's become thin or where the caulking has split and you're not replacing it or that broken shutter or those ripped screens on your windows. If you're not replacing them, then the problems on the front of your home, the problems with your curb appeal begin to stack and those smaller projects become larger and larger projects. And then I think that Corey, at some point you become blind to the needs of your home because if you just become used to it, there's nobody around you raising the bar and you're just letting it go and you figure, ah, I'll get to it later. I'll get to it at some point. Well, my, uh, we did have neighbors at one time who were those people. They did nothing. They moved in the guy and gal that lived there before they really took really nice care of their lawn and the neighborhood knew it, and the new people moved in, and they did nothing for the entire time they lived there, like two years, nothing. And then a week before they put it on the market, all of a sudden you saw a ton of activity over there. <laughs> they were just spending thousands and thousands of dollars to clean out the trees that were growing in the gutter, to replace all of the dead grass and knock down the three-foot-tall weeds in their front yard. Because they just didn't do anything to the exterior of their home. But they knew that somebody was going to pull up and go, oh, no, I would not buy this house. And, and guess what? They spent all that money. I don't know how many thousands it was, but that house sold in one day. Yeah. So, I mean, that I don't, I don't know. Well, don't there's know more the, uh, to that, too. Here's another thing. As long as you're talking about money and thousands of dollars to, re to, to repair things— Problems beget problems. One, one small problem that cost one small amount of money to fix 
left unfixed or untreated for a time becomes a larger problem, which is going to take more work to fix and more money to fix. So staying on top of the needs of your home, especially the curb appeal of your home, it will get you into a groove of taking care of things, maintaining your home, keeping it looking nice. It will put you in good favor with your neighbors and it will keep the value of your home up at its top level where it should be most of the time. There's all of these reasons and so many more. And we're gonna talk about all that stuff today here on our Curb Appeal Show. You're listening to Tony and Corey, your weekend warriors, we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show. Thanks for sticking around. Today, Tony and I are talking about one of our favorite subjects, curb appeal. I take a lot of pride in my house. I put a lot of time and my effort and money into my house. And we've done this show so many times over the the years that uh, it's a really fun topic for us. Because when you pull up to the curb of any house and you look at it, curb appeal is what draws you to that home. It will raise property values. It will re- it will raise your resaleability. I mean, there's a lot of reasons to, to worry or to work on the curb appeal of your home. And there's a few tips and tricks that we're going to talk about today and that will help you with that. And honestly, I think my favorite one is Take a pen and a paper or take a take your phone, take your smartphone or a camera and walk across the street from your house. Walk across the street, maybe down to the neighbor's house, even once one house over and snap a picture of your house from from their vantage point and then walk down and do it on the other side and right right out in front. Because a lot of times I feel like people only see their house from their driveway, right? And from from, the the walkway. Yeah, Yeah. from their very front or from their mailbox or whatever. They only see that really small picture of your house. And sometimes when you walk across the street and you look over, you see something a little different and you say, oh man, I need to, uh, I've got some stuff growing out of my gutters over there. (laughs) Yeah. You know, or, oh, man, I, I really have some mildew on my chimney chase. How often do you drive down or drive through your neighborhood, Tony, and you look at other people's houses and go, oh, man, that, they've got some rot around that window right there. Yeah. I do that all the time. And I my wife thinks I'm crazy because we'll be pulling through our neighborhood and I'll say, oh, look at the look at their gutters. They just need to clean those things. I f- sometimes feel like I just should just get my ladder and run over to my neighbor's house real quick and clean out his gutters. Yeah. Because it that's just, I think about that stuff all the time. When I look at my house, I'm always thinking like, oh, what what should I do? And I mean, it's probably too stressful. I should probably stop 
but uh, that's just me. Well, here's I'm guilty. I'm guilty right now. Here's the thing. Over on the side of my house, where I don't spend a lot of time. Um, years ago, a guy made me a really great deal on one of those sidewalk basketball hoops, like a mobile basketball hoop. It's got a big old um, tank at the bottom oh, that yeah. holds water, yeah, 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 you yeah. know, and uh, and it can fold down and you know be put away or or wheeled away to another spot or whatever. Anyway, I didn't know you really played basketball. Well, I'm not really a big basketball guy, but I, I got <laughs> a good deal on it, and I thought my kids might use it or the neighbor kids might use it sure, or whatever. Sure, sure. So. So I got it, and and I filled it up with water, and I set it there. Well, you know, um, we had a big windstorm years later, or however much time later, blew it over, broke the backboard. And so now here's this basketball hoop with a broken backboard. You can't use it because the backboard's broken, and it's still sitting there. It's been sitting there for, I don't know, 10 years. <laughs> and it sits, sits right on the sidewalk. Yeah. Now, it's not really bothering anybody. You know, it's just sitting there on my property on the sidewalk there, um, but it, it can't be used. It's not doing anybody any good. Yeah. And, and I have to walk around it every time I walk over there. But you know what? I don't think anything of it. I just think, oh, there's that dumb basketball hoop. But you know what? I bet my neighbors are getting tired of looking at that thing. <laughs> I, I should. I bet you they are. I should really do something about it. But, you know, all of the other things that are on my day-to-day to-do list, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, those things never get done. So how is that thing going to get taken care of? That's really funny, actually. And so if I had taken a picture of my house from that side, from across the street, the first thing I would see is this abandoned, janky basketball hoop that you can't even use because it doesn't right, have a backboard. Right. That thing needs to be taken care of. I'm preaching to myself right now. That's pretty funny. That Honestly, need, that thing needs to be taken care of because it's that uh, is pretty funny. It is dragging down the curb appeal of my home. Now, if it had a backboard in it that worked and uh, the neighbor kids could play with it, that'd be a different story. But it's not. It's really just <laughs> sort of lawn art at this sure, point. Sure. And it needs to be it needs to be taken care of. I so, get it. I get it. Guilty as charged. That's pretty funny, honestly. I don't I'm I don't have anything of that level that ca- I'm nothing of that caliber of uh, anything that needs to be done at my house. You, I'm like that uh, broken window thing. You know what I mean? Where if there's a broken window that what's that term? Yeah. I think it's broken window. If there's a broken window, then that will lead to even more things. And then next thing you know, there's, you know, people breaking into your house or crime because uh, it's, it's got a broken window. They must not care about their property. <laughs> right. Sure. Sure. So it's it's an interest, interesting thing. And I mean, anytime I have anything like that, I, I try to take care of it right away. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm guilty of uh, being complacent and, um, and not prioritizing. And so I'm the guy. I'm the guy who uh, has... I got some things. I got some skirt curb appeal issues with my house that I need to take care of. Yeah, you've got some good curb appeal. Uh, but yeah, I could see where... You would want to take care of those things. Yeah. Uh, here's another one. I'll just throw this out. You know, I'm not really good at uh, keeping up with the lawn and the weeds and and the flowers and the trees and the birds and the bees and all that stuff, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um. So so we have uh, we have a landscaper that comes and and they spend I don't know 15 or 20 minutes a week and they come in and mow the lawn and pull the weeds and spray the stuff mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. do the thing and all and it, you know it keeps my front and back lawn looking pretty ship shapey. 
Yeah. Which which I like a lot. Um, but but if I didn't have that, you know, I mean, I would my house would not be looking even as good as it's looking now. Well, and honestly, that is probably one of the top things on any list of for curb appeal is to properly maintain your lawn. You know, and there are tricks to keeping a well-kept lawn if you don't want to even have grass. You know, there is a term, it's called xeriscaping. And xeriscaping is essentially landscaping your yard using native plants and they don't require a lot of maintenance, a lot of watering, you know, those sorts of things. I mean, having a lawn, a grass lawn is it's very impractical, really, cuz you have to water it, you have to you have to put fertilizer on it, you have to weed it constantly, you have to put stuff on it to prevent the weeds, you have to put stuff on it to prevent the moss. I mean, it's it's kind of terrible. As for a for something, you know, I mean, I like it and I don't mind maintaining it and cutting it every every week. And, you know, my kids love playing in it in the backyard. So you have a reason to have it and right. a reason to keep it up and a reason to do all right. that stuff. But, but honestly, if you don't want to look into xeriscaping. Yeah. Xeriscaping is essentially using plants that grow here naturally Anyways, with the climate the way it is, without having to do extra things, um, but you know, even with zero escaping, you are going to get weeds, and uh, and you have to keep that stuff, um, you know, in check, right? That's because where you just otherwise put, it just takes over. You just put visqueen down and pea gravel. <laughs> visqueen and pea gravel. I do not recommend that at all. <laughs> I've seen it. Uh, I don't recommend it. That's not the way. As a matter of fact, to get really good curb appeal, adding. Um, adding organic plants and trees and flowers and those types of things to your property is a great way to make your home look beautiful from the curb. So instead of putting down Visqueen and killing everything that's there, maybe add a tree, but make sure you keep it pruned, make sure you keep it uh, weeded around and, and add some flowers, but maybe add flowers in pots set them on your porch just don't overdo it and uh bring some life to your good look you're not gonna have it without doing the work and we're gonna talk about that right after this break you're listening to tony core your weekend warriors don't go away show built by par lumber now here's tony and Corey. hey welcome back to the weekend warriors home improvement show hey if you haven't already go check out our instagram and facebook we're at ww home show uh, you can also look at our youtube channel if you wouldn't mind go subscribe to that we've got all kinds of really cool videos on there that we post regularly uh it's weekend warriors home improvement show if you just go to uh, uh youtube.com forward slash ww home show uh, or you can always go to par that's p-a-r-r.com click on the weekend warriors link and that'll take you to uh, our page where it's got all the links to that stuff 
Anytime you miss a portion of one of our shows or you just want to go listen to our show from years past, you can go find those uh, wherever you listen to your podcasts on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcasts. That's right. Wow, you got it all. Good job. Trying to remember those is tough. Before we went to the break, we were talking a little bit about some landscaping things, right? And and I was saying that you can add a tree or add some potted plants. Um, I want to take a couple of steps backwards, and I want to tie this together with a show that we did earlier in the year, which we do every year, called The Cost Versus Value. Um, show. And we talk about how the amount of money that you're spending on your home, how that compares to the amount of money that you will get back uh, in value on your home when you sell it. So the cost versus the value. Right. Uh, and on the cost versus value report that is uh, put out by um, some realty company every year, um, it's a pretty highly regarded list and it tells you about these projects which ones give you the best return on your investment and right at the top always every year that i've ever looked at it as long as i can remember right at the top the best return on your investment is your entryway yeah your entry being your front porch your front door your uh your front porch cover your walkway up to your front porch you know all of that entryway the door the lights around the door all of that stuff all of that gives you a great return on your investment that you make in order to improve that area and make it look prettier, to improve its curb appeal. So having said that, uh, when you're thinking about your landscaping and you're, and you're doing the things around the home to make your home look appealing from the curb, one of the things that you can do is add potted plants, like potted flowers and these types of things. Now, this is not, you're not going to have amazing curb appeal at your at your home without doing the work. There's work that's got to be done. You have to put the, you have to put the pot out and you've got to put, uh, you've got to put good soil in there and you've got to plant these, you know, flowers or these bulbs or whatever it is that you're going to grow in there. And then when it dies uh, at the end of the season, you've got to pull that out. And then in the new season, you have to plant some more, or maybe you pull out the stuff that was blooming in the spring and you put in some stuff that blooms in the fall. Um, there are plants that bloom all the time. Just knowing that and following that and staying with keeping things that are growing and looking good all of the time and weeding around them is the, is one of the ways that you can make your home look so appealing. Yeah, I will. There is something that probably, I would say most of our listeners probably already know this, but it's surprising when you meet somebody that doesn't the difference between an annual and a perennial. When you go to the store and you're buying flowers or plants or, or whatnot, there is something called an annual and something called a perennial. An annual will die off at the end of the year and probably not return the following year. I have had it happen where I've planted annuals and they have come back, maybe because we didn't have a really harsh winter. I mean, that's sometimes... Here in the Valley of Oregon, we don't see the worst weather in the world. So uh, that's a possibility. But a perennial is meant, it, it, it's a plant that will usually grow back year after year after year and get bigger and bigger and bigger. So that's a lot the of difference. Times those are bulbs, right? Bulb plants. Yeah, bulb plants will, you know, when they die off at the end of the year, you, you, most times you chop them down or cut them back. And then the following year, 
the one bulb that you planted turns into 50. Right, right. And uh, yeah, they, I mean, bulbs are crazy depending on which ones you get. I have some on the side of my house that recently um, have exploded in the last couple of years. They, they were this small patch. And no joke, there's there's probably 50 square feet of these little, like, I don't even know what they are. These little <laughs> lily things. They're, are they pretty? They're nice. I love perennials. Perennials is the only way to go. I mean, it's uh, so much less work, and they come up without you having to do anything. And uh, they're always, uh, they always make you smile when you come home from work and you've got some, some blooming flowers that you didn't even have to sweat over. Or maybe it was years ago. Well, you know, honestly, annuals will typically have more color. You know, you'll have the, the your, your flower pots, you know, your mums and your daisies and those sorts of things are typically annuals. So if you really want a lot of color, you do have to put the work into that and plant new flowers every spring. My wife does a fantastic job. We actually go over to Fred Meyer. Buy plants there? Here's the thing. If you take your pots over there, in the spring, they have like this pot sale, the legal kind, where you go over <laughs> with all of your pots, flower pots, <laughs> flower pots, and you buy all your plants, your flowers and whatnot. And then you go through this line and they plant them for you. They pot them for they you. pot them. They fill them with soil. They just have pallets and pallets of soil and they fill them up and they have somebody that's really good at that stuff and they stick them in there and they plant them for you and then you just bring it home and stick it on the porch. That sounds like a fun project. It is. I think I would enjoy that. I'm going to have to try that out. Uh, so as long as you're thinking about that, your, your landscaping areas and your planting plants and flowers and weeding around, um, this is uh, also, it's important to keep your mulch or your bark dust fresh, right? I mean, you, you probably spread bark dust, what, once a year, Corey? Uh, no, not always. I mean, if it's looking pretty shabby. Once I mean, every other year? Yeah, once every other year. And here's a pro tip from me. Uh, what I recently started doing over the last two years is I get the companies that come in and blow it in with the machine. So they pull up out front with a, a big truck, like a semi-truck full of bark dust. And they just have this long hose. They take it all the way to your backyard and just start spraying it in where it goes. Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> and you don't have to wheel it around in yep. a wheelbarrow yep. from a big pile in the driveway. It's uh yes, it's it's done. That sounds like a that sounds like making short work of it. That's a good plan. The only, Is it super expensive? It's a bit more expensive. Uh, but if you consider if you're not doing all that work or if you're paying somebody else to do all that work, it's probably about the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I will say a tip here, if you do get that done, make sure that you water your plants like crazy for a week after you get the bark dust blown in. Because bark mulch, when it's uh, fresh like that, it is really hot. Yeah, it traps a lot of heat there. It traps a ton of heat. And I actually, the first time I had it, I didn't catch the instructions from the crew that was here installing and, and blowing it in. And... They did it, and I had all of these plants that died back, oh, and no. the the like four inches around the entire perimeter of my lawn turned really dead, dark brown, and I didn't know about that. And then when I had it done again, I asked the guy. He was like, "Oh, well, here's our sheet. There's a sheet they hand you." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, number one, right there. Yep, Water your right plants. at the top. How about you read that uh, little piece I of information?" They didn't they left leave you. it. That's smart. 
<laughs> okay, so here I think is, uh, of all the things we've talked about in the landscaping area, um, you know, planting a tree, um, some flowers, put some flowers in some pots and put them around your entryway. Make sure you trim back the shrubs. If you've got boxwood hedges or, uh, or arborvita or whatever that's growing, trim that back. Corey's, Corey's uh, pretty good about keeping his boxwood hedges trimmed back. They can get tall and start to occlude the front of the house. And you don't want that. Keep those small and, and doing what, what you want them to do. And then probably the last one for me is, uh, the, the lawn and garden equipment that you use, hoses and those things, make sure you keep those things out of sight. Store them when you're not using them and keep the front of the house uh, tidy, nice and tidy. Okay, more tips on improving your home's curb appeal right after this. You're listening to Tony Corey. Don't go away. to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show, built by Par Lumber. Now, here's Tony and Corey. Hey, welcome back to the Weekend Warriors. Thanks for staying with us. Today, Tony and I are talking about curb appeal. And what that means is what your house looks like from the curb. And it, uh, there's a lot of things you can do to make it look good. And we were talking about the entryway. That's one of the number one things. You want your door to look nice. If it's shabby, you can put a coat of paint on it. But also potting some plants, maybe a new uh, doormat. Uh, that's another cheap thing you can do is a, a really nice doormat. Uh, putting a coat of paint on a door is a little bit more labor intensive, I feel like, than putting some potted plants out there uh, <laughs> yeah. or a trellis or something. Yeah. Because it... You want to make sure that you do it right. And if you've got a wood door and you're going to paint that wood door, um, you have to look at it. Is it is the paint peeling? If the paint's peeling, then you need to remove the peeling paint. And when you paint a door, usually you want to take it off its hinges and paint it flat. And I'm going to give you a tip here. Um, I'm not a professional painter. I don't claim to be, but I'm pretty good. At painting. I've been painting a lot of things over the years. <laughs> and How about your nails? Have you been painting your nails? I haven't. Oh, okay. But uh, I just recently painted a couple doors in my house. And the thing that I always try and do is buy paint with enamel in it. Water, there's, they make water-based enamels or an acrylic enamel. Uh, enamels dry slower and will lay out smoother. Um, versus like 100% acrylic paints. If you go to the store and you say, Buy, I want exterior grade paint or whatever, and they hand you a can of paint and it says 100% acrylic, I wouldn't go that route. And the reason is because 100% acrylic paint dries very, very rapidly. So what that means is if you're painting it with, say, a roller, um, it dries so fast that sometimes even those roller marks won't come out. They'll, they'll set right up in the paint itself. Or if you use a brush, you'll see every single brush brush stroke. stroke on that door. And if you have like a six panel or a two panel or whatever, and you need to get your brush into the corners, or if you've got glass in that door, 
uh, and you got to get in there so you could tape off the glass. I highly recommend doing that. Don't, I know I've seen people say we could just paint it and then take a razor blade and scratch the, you know, paint off. Um, that's a terrible idea if you have newer glass. Uh, I don't, maybe that used to work for old leaded glass or something, but newer glass, you'll scratch the, the glass. And a lot of times there's coatings on the glass. So if you scratch that coating, it's going to look terrible. So just take the few minutes, put some high quality paint tape, painter's tape that doesn't bleed uh, and stick it on there. Um, you can, then you can take your razor blade and really clean that up around the tape itself. But that's what, that's a good tip to do. Um, but then there's another thing that you can do if you have, say you've bought the, the acrylic enamel paint and you're still a little bit worried about it, or you have tried it and it does leave brush or roller marks, they make a product called Floetrol. Have you ever seen Floetrol? Nope. F-L-O-T-R-O-L. Floetrol comes in a little, you know, brown bottle. Um, that stuff slows the drying time for paint quite a bit and it will allow your paint to lay out. So it's called laying it out. It, it, it will flatten instead of seeing that stuff in there. So it, it won't just dry really quickly. So. Now I saw the, uh, some, the result of some painting that you did on some cabinets in your bathroom remodel. Yes. And um, did you use any of these little tips when you were painting those cabinet doors? I did. I actually sprayed those. Um, I didn't roll them, but I did uh, treat that paint. I bought a, an enamel paint, and I treated it with a little bit of Floetrol to make sure that I really had good time because I had to thin it out to spray it. But yeah, I did that, and I had a couple areas that I was initially worried about, you know, where I sprayed them on there, and you could see a little bit of whatnot and it laid right out totally flat oh looks, nice looks fantastic so what are we talking about for drying time on these uh on the cabinet doors that you did um so those actually they were dry to the touch in about 30 minutes mm -hmm. to the touch nice now you have to be careful whenever you paint something like a door and I know this is tough because if you take your entry door off, <laughs> you got a big hole in the front of your house. Yeah. And you got to put that thing back on. Yeah. You know, typically before you go to bed. So choose a, maybe a Saturday where it's nice and sunny out and you know that you can get it done in one day. Uh, but on, on a door like that, a door project, it might be worth, you know, putting up a piece of plywood if you can't get it done in one day, because typically you'd want to put more than one coat. Right. So if you've got to take and strip the old paint off, um, you know, you might have to get that off of there, scrape, strip, scrape, prime, let that dry, put a coat on, let that dry, put a coat on. I would put two or three coats on, honestly, because the thicker, you know, the more layers you put on there, the more durable it's going to be. That's an all-day project for... It really uh, is. Especially if you're using a paint that uh, takes a little bit longer to dry. Well, and here's the thing. If you go to put that door on there, it may be dry to the touch, but the door itself, especially with the enamels, aren't really, really tough. It's not cured. Until they've cured. Right. So, and it takes several days. I mean, 
up to yeah a few weeks even that's, uh, for that's, paint to fully fully cure. That's quite a project. I mean, uh, having said that, putting a new coat of paint on your front door can really improve the the curb appeal of your home. Yeah. Uh, last tip on painting your front door. If you have a front door that has weather stripping, like foam weather stripping that pushes against the door, and you say you, you rushed to put the door, get it painted, and get it put back in, you don't want, I, in my opinion, take the weather stripping out for a few days. Because if you just put the paint on the door, close the door up against that weather stripping, then the You're weather just stripping asking for it, to it stick. might stick yeah. to the weather stripping. And the next time you open that door, it'll peel the paint off around the entire perimeter of that door. Yeah, that's a good tip. So that's a good tip. At I'll least for you. a few days. Yeah. Um, a paint, adding paint in places like, like the front door is a really good way to improve your curb appeal here's another one something that's a real eyesore is the gutters you know the gutters especially if you have a lighter colored paint on there it's white or tan or something like that and they get dirty from from the rain and the muck and the stuff because you didn't clean the gutters and so the stuff splashing off of the roof and onto the face of the gutters man they look terrible yes dirty gutters are a terrible thing to see from the street so maybe consider for sure cleaning the gutters, um, cleaning the inside of the gutters, cleaning the downspouts, but maybe think about putting another coat of paint on there. Or if the gutters are dinged up, bent up, um, just really not looking great, and, and you don't think a coat of paint's going to do it, you know, uh, it, it won't necessarily break the bank to have a new uh, gutter installed on the front of the house. I'll tell you what, it's money well spent in my book. Um, a clean, straight gutter on the front of the house goes a long way. Yeah, and it's really not that expensive, honestly. I think we decided that it's somewhere around 10 bucks a foot or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I think you just had it done. You did a little project where you had um, some gutters put on, and I was shocked at how, how really little money that it cost you. Yeah, man, I had it installed by a professional. I didn't do it myself. And uh, yeah, it turned out really good. Um, anyway, gutter's important. The way the gutter looks from on the front of your house is important. It, it also needs to, of course, it needs to perform and needs to do like it's supposed to, but it needs to be clean and needs to not be loaded with dents. And, uh, and of course it needs to work properly. So the gutter is another thing to look at. There's, uh, there's some more things that are, you know, when you're working on the gutter, you know, this is an opportunity for you to take a look at the roof. Of course, moss grows on the roof. And a mossy roof is a turnoff for everyone looking at your home. That's a pretty simple one to stay up on. Not simple. I mean, it, it does say take some work. It definitely takes work. You got to get up there, first of all. You got to kill it, second of all. And then you got to go back up there again, and you got to get it off. Because, uh, you know, a lot of times we just do half the process. We get up there and we kill it, but then we don't get it off. And moss, although dead is like uh you know it's like a zombie comes back and it's uh and it will live again if it's left up there so you got to get it off that stinks it is it's absolutely terrible there's actually a few other things that get dirty um very quickly that need to be you need to stay up on top of those and keep those clean we'll give you a list of those when we come back 
Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show, built by Par Lumber. When it comes to big or small projects around the home, Tony and Corey have got the know-how and the answers to make your life just a bit easier. Now, here's Tony and Corey. Hey, welcome back to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show. Thanks for staying with us. I'm Corey Valdez. I'm Tony Cookston. Today we're talking about curb appeal. And before the last break, we were talking about cleaning your roof and the importance of keeping that uh, that debris, the pine needles, the moss, all of that stuff off of your roof. I actually had a situation on my home recently. I had a brand new roof put on when I bought my latest house. And I had a water leak in my new roof. And I was so mad about it. I had a roofing contractor come over and take a look at it because I thought, oh, no, did something happen? Did a shingle lift and and fly off? Uh, But what had happened is around one of the roof vents, the guy that installed my roof did such a good job, uh, but he didn't leave enough room around that vent and debris got hung up there and we had a really strong rainstorm and that just acted like a ramp and the rain came down the roof deck hit that debris and splashed into my attic enough so that it dripped through my sheetrock so I really couldn't believe that was the case just simply from debris so it's important, make sure you maintain that roof. If you do, it will prolong the roof life for many more years. So that's that's one thing that is curb appeal, but also just regular maintenance. Yeah, yeah, it's important to keep your roof clean. If, 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 you're, uh, if you've got stuff growing on roof or just laying on the roof, if you've got trees that are growing and their and their limbs and leaves are draping over the top of the roof or even laying up on top of the roof that's a problem you got to get that taken care of the roof doesn't want to be touched by anything at all except rain and snow and sleet and those things and occasionally your feet Um, (laughs) but but it doesn't want to be touched by any of that other stuff you got to keep that stuff off there in order for your roof to perform keep the gutter clean and you know what here's some other things that need to be kept clean regularly the entryway as a whole is an v- inviting place, right? Where you have friends come over and, and everybody looks to the entryway when they're looking at a home. It tells them a lot about the home. And you know what? If you've got cobwebs and and just piles of dirt in the corner or if there's dirt on the wall or fake bats, if anything, huge spiders, giant spiders, if you've got that stuff Skeletons. in your entryway, you got to clean that out. Unless it's Halloween. <laughs> it's not. It's not Halloween. Clean that out. If you want to have cobwebs in there, you can add them uh, <laughs> during the season. Um, but uh, you got to keep that that uh, space clean. It's It makes your home look inviting to the people that are expected to come over and to the people that uh, may be looking to buy your home or to your next door neighbors. Uh, you want your house to be inviting. And... Um, uh, something that's uh, wrought with dirt and filth and cobwebs, you know. It. Ha- I'm telling you what happens fast. Old newspapers. Oh, yeah. You got to keep that free from debris and dirt and filth. That's very important. If you have more than two uh, phone books 
on your porch. <laughs> phone books. Phone books. Then you haven't been out of your house in 20 years. <laughs> it's time, it might be time to clean it. <laughs> it might be time, yeah. I, you know, sometimes they just they just sneak in there. Yeah, another, like, one that, this? another one that seems to go a long time without being addressed is your patio. The actual patio surface, the walkway, the driveway, um, all walking surfaces that are in the front of the home, you have to clean those. Whether you're doing it with a pressure washer or scrubbing it with a brush or some combination of the two. Corey's got a combo like pressure washer slash circulating brush thing that, uh, you know, he used to clean his driveway. Um, but keeping the concrete and the walkways and the patio surfaces clean from debris and dirt and uh, all of that stuff is so important to having a, a wonderful curb appeal. Yeah. Yep. Um, really quickly with the front entry. I know it's not cleaning. We were talking a little bit about cleaning, but one of the things that you can do to increase the curb appeal on your home is to put new light fixtures up. Oh, yeah. New light fixtures, you know, modern light fixtures, as long as they match the decor of your house. You know, I, I see this sometimes where... You'll have like a maybe a really modern house and they've gone in and put, you know, some colonial lights on it or something. It just looks weird, right? Or you'll see a, like an older style colonial house with some super uber modern light on it. Yeah. I'm kind of in the camp that says try to match it to your house. I mean, there is something called transitional, uh, which will kind of fit many different, you know, genres of, of architecture. But I think it just looks weird. Uh, but one thing that's universal um, is the temperature of the light bulbs themselves. If you're driving through a neighborhood, what would you rather see? A warm glow or a bright white lightning bolt hitting you in your eyeballs? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You'll, yeah. you'll be driving through somebody's neighborhood and you say, oh, they got new LED bulbs. Yeah. Because they chose those super bright white you know, 6,000K light bulbs, I just think they look corny. Well, I like you know? those in my wood shop. Yeah, they, they're great yeah. in a wood shop and maybe f taking pictures. Yeah. But uh, they make warm, like 3,000K light bulbs in LED that look fantastic. That's that's my opinion. Well, here's another tip. if you're If you're deciding that you're going to upgrade or update or increase the lighting that is on your entryway, which is a great idea. Really good lighting in your entryway is a great way to improve your curb appeal. Um, if you're choosing to upgrade your lighting and you're gonna put um, porch lights up on the wall, sconces, like uh, mm -hmm, type of thing mm -hmm. maybe, think about the symmetry. Um, it's very common in older homes to see one porch light on one side of the door usually on the side that your house numbers are on and you have the porch light and the house numbers. And then on the other side of the door, it's dark <laughs> because that porch light sort of just shines yeah. down uh, on top of your house numbers. And then that's all you can see. Uh, I think symmetry is a good way. It's a good way to really improve your, uh, the curb appeal of your home, get a light on both sides of your door and make sure that both lights are the same and that they're at the same height off of the floor. And um, 
and, you know, add some balance, I think, to your entryway. But more light is always a good idea. And soft light is a good idea. When you choose your lighting fixtures, you know, choose something that works well with the hardware that's on your door. If you're updating your door and you're updating your lighting, do it together. Maybe something with the same finish, something in an oil rubbed bronze or something in a, um, I don't know, um, something bright chrome, yeah, polished chrome, polished chrome, whatever you choose, do those together and you'll love the way it looks a little bit more. We actually have to take a quick break. When we come back, more Weekend Warriors don't go away. Welcome back to the Weekend Warriors. Thanks for sticking with us. Today we're talking about curb appeal. And before the break, we've been really concentrating on that entry area, the entry door, the entry, you know, lighting. And then it it all makes such a dramatic difference when you have a really nice looking entry. And before the break, you know, we talked a little bit about painting doors, but I will say that a very popular thing to do these days is to paint your entry door. A different color. A pop of color. Yeah, a little pop. I've seen lime green. I have too. I didn't hate it, honestly. I, I, I didn't either. I've seen bright pink. I've seen purple. I've seen uh, some doors that are sort of a sky blue. Yeah, sky blue. That's what we have on our studio here. <laughs> yeah, it's a great It looks look. great. Yeah, I like it. A uh, little robin's egg, maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of a really cool thing. You know, back eons ago, all you saw were... Either wood doors or red. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> a lot of red doors. Yeah. But uh, yeah, don't be afraid to venture out. Change colors. That's a great place to take a little bit of risk and do something that makes you happy. Choose a color that you love and just go for it. I think it's. Uh, I think you've got a green light to paint your color, a color that you love. Uh, and it'll. It, I think that it will make you happy. Well, and I'll tell you right now... Uh, one of the things that is a really good idea is to go get a Thermatrue door. Thermatrues, who we got our door through here, uh, they they have a fantastic option to get a pre-finished door. If you're looking in the market to replace, uh, you got to be careful. Talk to the professionals at Parlumber. Uh, you don't want to go in and get a door that doesn't fit properly into your home for instance if you really love wood doors you know you don't necessarily want to put a wood door in the wrong place and what i mean by that is the weather if your front entry sees a lot of sun or a lot of weather that is going to destroy a a wooden door and you'll be hating yourself because of all of the maintenance and the warping and the twisting that will go on in that door itself. And you're going to spend a ton of money just trying to keep up on it. Uh, Thermatru has a what they call a wood grain, a simulated wood grain, uh, 
but you can get them pre-stained to look identical. No joke, when you see a Thermatrue pre-stained door, I mean, you'll have to knock on it to tell that it's not wood and that it's actually fiberglass. I was shocked the first time I saw it. I, I was like, no way. You remember you? I was with you, and yeah, I, I had absolutely. to knock on the door. Yeah, I'm, you, I'm certain you said, I'm certain. I'm certain this is a wood door, but uh, indeed it is fiberglass. Fiberglass has got it all over wood now because it looks exactly like wood. There's no way you can tell the difference between the two except for these simple facts. It doesn't split, check, crack, bow, twist, cup, or do any of those things that wood does, and uh, and it, it will last forever. It also doesn't rot, and the bugs won't eat it, and uh, it... It's a, it's a very good option, and on top of all of those things, it's less expensive. Yeah. It's less expensive than wood. Wood is traditional, and it is, uh, it is its own thing. People want wood because it's wood, and those people will just want to get wood. But if you just want the look of wood, but the performance of something better, Thermatrue is a great way to go. I yeah. agree. And being and able or- to get it pre-finished or pre-painted right. is, a, is a great option. And there are options there too if you want the outside of the door painted one color then the inside you can get the jam in different woods textures colors so you know it takes it it pays to really go in and talk to a door professional go through those options and uh make the right choice and if you are in the market to replace your front door then this might be a time to take a long look at your entry and find out if there is space there to do something more than just a three-foot door. Maybe there's an opportunity to add a side light or a couple of side lights with some glass on either side. Maybe there's an opportunity to add a transom over the top. And you should explain what a transom is. And you can really uh, increase the look of your entryway. A transom is a piece of glass that would go over top of your door. And if you had side lights, which would be two tall, skinny pieces of glass on either side of your door, then the transom would extend over the top of those as well. Essentially, lighting the entire space around the entry door. The door could be still the same size, three-foot door, but adding light around that that's coming from the inside of the home. Um, And that that glass doesn't have to be see-through. That can be obscured glass with rain glass or narrow reed or so many different types of glass that uh, are very decorative or maybe not as decorative. Um, So many options there. If you're considering replacing your front door, there's an opportunity to uh, make something that is much bigger, more grand, more beautiful. And we know from the cost versus value report that that will be money that you get back better return on your investment than most projects in the house and uh, a grand entry will uh, certainly improve the resale value of your home. It's well spent, money well spent. Absolutely. It's a great opportunity. You mentioned, you alluded to, um, if, you've got, um, if you've got a front door that's exposed to the weather or if it gets a lot of sun, that thing makes me think of two things. One, is there an opportunity for you to build a cover? Over your front porch. Ooh, yes. Yeah, I mean, a porch cover is another way to increase your curb appeal and also improve the resale value of your home. If you don't have a porch cover, it doesn't have to be big to give you a dry space just where you come outside of your door. I've got a big one. Corey's got a big one. But um, yeah, it, it mine covers, mine's probably 12 feet. 
from my entry door to the edge of my porch. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I have a double door at my front door. It's right now, it's a double door. And it is so dark. You know, I don't have any skylights in my porch cover. And it steps way back. Plus, it's northern facing. So when I walk into that area of my home where it's just the entry door, I mean, it could be the middle of summer in the middle of the day, and it is dark. You got to turn a light on to find your shoes. Yeah. Seems like a good opportunity for you to add some natural light. I need to do that. With a sun tunnel or a skylight of some kind. Well, I'm actually going to, there's a double door there now. I'm actually going to take that double door, make it a single door with lights in the door, and then I'm going to put side lights in as well. So hopefully, with all of those lights, glass in there, I'll be able to get some light. Oh, we yeah. Well, you're definitely going to make your entryway so much more grand. It's going to be absolutely beautiful from the curb. Yeah. I think that's that's a great project and a really good return on your investment. Well, speaking of return on investment, uh, your ROI, if it were, the cost versus value. You know, another one that's really high up on that list, Tony, every single year is a new garage door. Mm-hmm. It seems crazy, but a brand new garage door isn't that expensive. It's really not. You know, you might spend 1500 bucks to get a brand new door, you know, nice looking with even with even with an opener installed. And you get so many different styles. You know, they make them I ha- I had an old one in my door or in my house and it had no windows in it. It was just an old wooden beat down crooked half rotted at the bottom door. Yeah. And I got that new one put in and I I put lights all across, windows all across the top now. And I tell you what, it made a huge difference in the look of my house. Oh yeah, from yeah, from the curb absolutely. It's uh it is beautiful. It's a beautiful door and functionally inside the garage where you do a lot of uh projects inside the garage, uh, it adds a lot of natural light for you inside there as well. Yeah, natural light, and it's more insulated. It's more well insulated. It's uh, it's just nicer overall. Yeah, adding a garage, an overhead door to your garage is a great return on your investment and a great way to improve the curb appeal of your home. And then you get to choose what color you want to paint that as well. Well, and last last thing about the the garage door, the best part. It doesn't sound like a chopper taking off when I open it now. <laughs> it's so quiet. All right, we're going to take another quick break. When we come back, more curb appeal. Don't go away. You're listening to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show, built by Par Lumber. Now. Here's Tony and Corey. Hey, welcome back to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show. Thanks for staying with us. If you haven't already, go check out our Facebook and Instagram pages. We are at WW Home Show. Uh, or you can go check out our YouTube channel. We're at YouTube forward slash WW Home Show. Uh, or you can just go to par.com, that's P-A-R-R.com, click on the Weekend Warriors link, that'll take you over to uh, our information page, uh, you can find our email address on there, and you can send us any questions or comments that you have, we love hearing from our listeners, and uh, 
our viewers now that we're on YouTube. Uh, if there's any portions of this show that you missed or you want to go listen to some of our old stuff, we've got tons of shows up there. Uh, you can find them wherever you listen to podcasts at Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast. Yep, absolutely. I'm sure there's more podcasting platforms than what we're on. So I say wherever you listen, but there's probably a bunch out there where somebody's like, well, I, I can't find it. And if you want it bad enough, you'll find it. It's out there. Uh, you know, you can always find it on our website. You can always find it on our website at www.homeshow.com. Dot com. You don't have to say the H-T-T-T-P <laughs> So we're talking about curb appeal. We're talking about the appeal that your house has or your property has as viewed from the curb. Right. And, you know, here's one, Tony, that's plaguing my house currently. My you have, mailbox. You have a plague? Yes, I you do. do. Your mailbox. Our street has shared mailboxes. And it's not like a neighborhood mailbox. It's more like me and the person across the street and then the person next to them. And then the next mailbox is a clump of three. And the next mailbox is a clump of three. And they're all on the same side of the street. So I get it. You know, they the mail, you know, the mail person has to stop at, you know, one house and then drive up a few, stop at another, drive up a few. They don't have to stop over and over and over and over and over. I get it. But... I have been stuck with it. It's, in, it's, it's in your property. It's at the corner of my driveway, and it is an eyesore. It has, there's three mailboxes, two of them match, and then one that doesn't. Uh, a couple of them have the old beat-down newspaper things in there, bent at an angle. And then one of the mailboxes, the post that it's on, it's kind of bent over. It just looks <laughs> terrible. It looks janky. So I actually am going to talk to my neighbors and see if I can buy three brand new mailboxes. I'm going to have everybody pitch in three brand new, spanking new, really nice looking mailboxes. And I'm going to build like a really nice mailbox house. Yeah. A mailbox house. A mailbox depot. I don't know what to put on it. I'm going to build it out of like some cedar, you know, maybe brick. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but I want to put something nice out there, put the mailboxes up so it just doesn't look terrible. Well, it certainly is an opportunity. Uh, the mailbox is the first thing you see. It's the very, very, very first thing you see, especially at your house, because whoever comes by your house is to look past it in order to see the house. Yep. And uh, yeah, I mean, it tells a story. It does. Think about how many houses you go by where the mailbox is got this surround built around it that looks exactly like the house. I know. It's like a Those miniature version of the house. Those are cool. Except it's at the driveway, which uh I love that I love it when people um put a little bit of thought and creativity and sweat and hard work into making their mailbox look um <laughs> you know unique. I agree. Uh and I'll tell you one thing Tony that uh is kind of a big deal that you see a lot on mailboxes is your house numbers. House numbers are one of those things that kind of get forgotten. You know, when I was a kid, we used to drive through or not drive through, but we would walk through our neighborhood and we would with like a kit, like a briefcase full of like those numbers. And then we would knock on people's doors and they would pay us five bucks and we would spray paint their 
address on their curb. Oh, really? Yeah, that was a, that was a thing back in Flint, Michigan. Oh, okay. I don't, was it ever? Did they ever do that here? I, I never saw it here. Huh? Yeah, that's a that's a thing. You know, the kids still do it. You know, they walk through the neighborhoods. They've got your little template. Then you tape. You know, painters tape them together, stick it on there, and spray it out. Interesting. And it's a, that's like one of the things that a lot of people do there. They don't do that here so much. I don't think I've seen it. Maybe a couple places in Portland. But uh, you see it a lot on mailboxes where you have the nice numbers on there. Sure. Or even on the front of your house. There's a lot of reasons to have your house numbers visible. Right. How many times have you driven up to a house and or driven through a neighborhood, somebody's giving you their address, and you're like squinting? Yeah. You know, you're like, oh, what? Okay, that one's 329. Where's 327? Where are the house numbers on this house? I yeah. feel like it could be this house, but I can't see the numbers. They've fallen off or painted over. I mean, there's a million reasons. But one of the things, like, you got to think about not only curb appeals, safety. You know, if you call an ambulance and they have to get to your house, do you really want them squinting at every address as they're driving down your street? No. Or do you want them to see, okay, 2185, they're right there. That's yep. the house. Big numbers, well lit, easy to find. Yeah, and yeah. you can make them attractive. The I mean, same it's... thing goes with the UPS guy or the FedEx guy. You know, the, that guy's probably dropping your stuff off at somebody else's house. <laughs> totally. <laughs> you know, if you're uh, if they can't tell which house is yours. That was one of the first things I did when we re- kind of did the, the facade of our house. We put a nice cedar, piece of cedar, and I put nice numbers on it. And it's lit and it looks great, you know, versus before it was like those old 99 cent plastic. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. That one of the edges was broken off or painted over five times. They just look terrible. Yeah. And it's a pretty inexpensive thing. Yep. It cost me 50 bucks, I think, total. Yeah. I did the same thing. I went and I actually had mine custom cut out of, uh, out of five quarter. By six, Hardy. James Hardy. That's yep. right. Hardy trim. Yep. I got these big old uh, numbers. My, my numbers, uh, just three numbers in my address. And I painted them the opposite color of the post that I put them on, which is frontmost on the house. And uh, they're big. They got a nice shadow line. And they look really good. Yeah, I really you're not like missing that. them. That's for sure. Yeah, that's, uh, that's another opportunity for you to do something that is you, right? Find a, a font or a house number or letter that you like and do it. You can put the whole address on there, you know, 1177 Southwest Main, put it right on the front of the house or, or, you know, there's so many opportunities, but that is definitely something that is inviting and uh, would improve, does improve the curb appeal of your oh, home. Most certainly, most certainly. It's a big one. Yeah. I'll tell you what, here's something. This, this is a really big one. This is really big. I'm just going to say it like this exterior paint. I have recently had my house painted, and uh, and it was a big expense, and but it desperately needed to be done. Man, when my house was done being painted, the color that I wanted it painted, whoo, man, it makes it look so much better. Yeah. I mean, a fresh paint job on the exterior of your home with all of the trim painted like it's supposed to be and nothing missing. Boy, it sure makes the house jump and pop, doesn't it? I mean, it? it does cost some money, you know, to get your house painted. You're, you're going to pay a fair amount. I mean, you can always paint it yourself, uh, but painting a house is its a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, a lot of surfaces, you know, and you can't really skimp there. you got to make sure that you take your time, uh, make sure that you've 
uh, caulked all the seams around the, the windows and doors, anywhere where there's gaps. You know, if you're going to do it, do it right. Or pay somebody to do it right, <laughs> which is what I did. Me too. And uh, Me too. And then, you know, that is the last line of defense that your home has against all of the elements that are that want to tear it up and make it be older than it is. The first line of defense. The Yep, the first line of defense. What did I say? The last. The last. <laughs> yeah, first and last. It's the first line of defense. It's very important. The, the paint job on your house is important yes, for sir. so many yes, reasons. Um, there's a few other things that you can do on the outside of the home that don't have to be big projects like painting the outside. Uh, you mentioned earlier you can replace your doormat. That's a great one, right? Mm very inexpensive and there are so many of those types of small things that i think we should cover but we got to take a quick break don't go away we'll wrap this up as soon as we get back you're listening to tony core your weekend warriors hang in there Hey, welcome back to the We Good Warriors Home Improvement Show for one last segment. Tony and I have been talking about curb appeal today, and uh, this is one of our favorite subjects because I like to spend a lot of time on curb appeal. Tony does not. <laughs> I like to spend a lot of time talking about curb appeal. <laughs> You're like one of those guys that says, well, you should do this and you should do that, even though I don't do it, yeah. but you should do it. I mean, I do some stuff. I, I have my house painted. But, uh, you know, but I left it unpainted for a long time. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, you, but I'll tell you what, this, the advice that we're giving you today is real. It's proven. It's uh, factual. And uh, th- these are really good uh, things to do. You know, we're, we're, um, that's what we're here for. We're, we're here to inspire you, to make you remember things that you would otherwise think, not think about or that you've forgotten uh, and we're just here to motivate you a little bit to get out there and and tackle some of these projects. And so we're we're tickling your uh, your imagination here today. There you go, little little imagination. Tickling. One of the things your house is very good at that stands out when you pull up to your house. You have a lamp post out front, and that lamp post it it fits your house. You know the the architecture of your house. It's this nice, cute little lamp post out front. And when you pull up in the evening, it's nice and lit up. I mean, it adds a lot of curb appeal to your house. And another thing, you have a big, giant walk around, wrap around porch mm-hmm. on your house. Mm-hmm. You've got really nice hardwood, uh, not floors, but hardwood decking on that. Mm-hmm. And you have smatterings of like little vignettes, little things like you have some wine barrels or some things with this with some antiques on it. And you know, flowers and things. You guys do a really good job about making these little scenes around your yard. It, it's cool. That's it. You know, we got a farm style house. And, yeah, uh, farm we, style. We, we, live in a, we live in a town that's at a population 600. So, you know, it fits really good where I'm at. And, and it's something that, that I enjoy looking at. But I'll tell you what, a lot of houses are a little too stark. You know, not enough of something. And now I'm not trying to advocate for that person that has 
222 wind chimes hanging from every single nook and cranny outside the house. Sure. Or lawn ornaments uh, everywhere or, you know, every single member of the seven dwarves, you know, hanging out in the garden. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, you can overdo it, but you also can underdo it. And a home that's super stark without any kind of personality or character isn't super appealing. You should find an opportunity to put some bit of art outside, you know, like a, a sun with a face on it, you know, hanging on the side of the house. Or, you know, here's something you can do. If if it appeals to you, you can add shutters all around oh, your yeah. windows. I'm not really a shutter guy. But I see houses with shutters on My them. My house has shutters. And I like them. I know. I like the shutters on your house. I think it fits your house really good. Well, here's something interesting about the shutters on my house particularly. Uh, we really didn't care for them. We didn't like them. Because our house was... I'm trying to even remember the color of our house before. I think it was white. And we've painted it since then uh, like a very, very whitish bluish color it's got like the the tiniest tinge of blue to the to the house and we didn't like the shutters because they were also white like everything was just white so we had them painted like a dark dark really dark color it's i mean it's got blue tinge to it but it almost looks black and i think it the contrast there just looks so much better than it did before but yeah, I never was a shutter person. Yeah. I almost, I was like, let's just take them off and get rid of them. And we took them off the house and it just didn't look right. So we looked on Howes and Pinterest and found some nice houses that we liked and, you know, put them back on. I mean, that's, that's a pretty good tip right there. If you're struggling with what to do with your house, you can check out Howes and Pinterest, any of those places and go and search curb appeal. And if you know the architectural style of your house, if it's mid-century modern or, you know, farmhouse, or if it's whatever it is, you can type that in. And a lot of those styles, those architectural styles, you know, transcend times. And you can put maybe a modern farmhouse look on, you know, a more, you know, older house you know, a mid-century modern or or whatever, you can convert those and change it. But I think that looks really good, but you got to go all in. Yeah, I agree. You know, here's another really good project that you can do. If you've got gable ends on your home, maybe you've got a gable end above the garage or a gable end above the entry or gable ends on the end of the house. Lots of gables. Yeah, gables. Gables are an opportunity to do something a little bit different. If, if it's sided with the same siding that is uh, on the main floor, you can pull that siding off, put a belly band or or a, a trim piece up there. You should explain what a belly band and, is, because that just sounds silly. Does it? A be- belly band? A belly band. Belly band is a, is a piece of trim that runs horizontal to uh, on the house or, or uh, parallel to the ground. And uh, separates two segments of your wall. In a little known fact, whatever you color when you paint that belly band, it's called the belt buckle. 
Really? No, I'm totally That lying. seems weird. Uh, so this is an opportunity for you to get a different kind of sighting on one wall. So your wall will be sighted however it's sighted now, and then you get to the top with a piece of horizontal trim or a belly band there, and then you can side up into the gable from there with something a little different. Maybe like some cedar shakes. Yeah, cedar shingles or uh, some hardy shingles or some something. board and batten. Something could allow you to put a little different color up there, some kind of a... Um, a complementary color or a contrasting color. And uh, and then that will also add a little bit of character to the exterior of your home, which is great. It just adds a little something new and um, can also improve the curb appeal of the home. Yeah, that's a really good tip because it's very non-invasive. I mean, it's not a terribly expensive thing to do either. It's It's kind of one of those things you can spend, you know, maybe a couple grand. You know, you might be able to really, really make it look just really good. Yeah. Uh, here's something else. I feel like the it's quintessential. Tell me if I'm wrong. Is it quintessential, uh, the picket fence and the little red door? It's like people say, I want the house on the corner with the red door and, and, the, pick, and the white picket fence. Yeah. A white picket fence is a very nice thing to add to a home if it's something that you like. If you have um if you have a yard that's that's bare and it looks like it needs a little something, you know, you can add a little three foot picket fence uh just around the yard, maybe give the house a little bit of um boundary and add some charm also. Well, you know, it's not just the white picket fence. You know, white picket fence can be cliche, if it were. Uh, but I have also seen recently, even on very contemporary houses, um, people doing a short horizontal fence, either with cedar or ipe or some sort of exotic hardwood, and they just put it on as a decorative, more of decorative. I mean, you're not really keeping a dog in there, but you know, just a little three foot tall or four foot tall horizontal fence and it, man, that looks slick. Very modern. Very modern. I mean, super, super modern. If you're going for that look, I have seen that. It does look good. I've even seen those with some under lighting. I mean, uh, there's, yeah, lots of amazing things you can do there, but consider adding a little bit of boundary to the front yard. Well, that's another one you just named landscape lighting. Mm -hmm. It's a bit of a project, but I recently did mine uh, last year or the year before I put landscape lighting in, I, I did it all myself. I went and got a coil, like a 500-foot coil of the underground variable wire, and low-voltage wire. I bought myself a transformer and then all the lights. I tell you what, it's a lot of work to dig down. You got to dig a little bit of a trench, lay that wire in there, and put the lights in. But literally the hardest part, was deciding what lights to put where. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's not like a website you can go to <laughs> that says... There's not a guide, huh? Yeah, here's one you put on the corner. Here's one you put on the plants. Here's one you put over here. It, you kind of have to like trial and error it a little bit. I, I put some lights in. I took some out. I moved them around. And it is a lot of work. But I tell you what, when you drive by my house in the at night, it is stunning. yeah. It does look really good. I love that. I, I haven't ventured into yard lights or landscape lighting of any kind yet, but uh, I do think that it would be something that I would like. 
And uh, if people are shopping for a house at night, when they see yours, they'll definitely like that. They will buy. All right, folks, that's all the time we got. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope that you got some inspiration, some motivation from today's show. You're listening to Tony and Corey, your weekend warriors right here on the Weekend Warriors Radio Network. Have a great week.